Am I hearing me now? No? A little bit? He's gone again. Oh, there. <laughs> Hello. Everyone have a good Christmas? Did I just shout that or did you hear me? <laughs> I just shouted. Would I be better just swapping? I think I can hear myself. I can hear myself. How are we going? He's looking puzzled. Did you want me to use another one or are we getting there? Two sevens. Use another one. Okay, I'll get that off my ear. Oh, isn't that good? You know, you know the best part about going to state conferences and national conferences and all those big things? No, no, because they have the same problem. <laughs> and you go, ha-ha, because they've got all these professional... Not that Greg's not professional, but they have all these you know, wonderful highfalutin things and, and they go, like, we'll have that clip now. We're not going to have that clip now, OK? And that's not going to happen at the end of the... End of my message this morning. We're going to have a, a clip. Yes. Okay. Who remembers what I spoke on when I last spoke at communion? Well, that's good because this is the same message. <laughs> the reason it's the same message is because it's stuck with me since I did it. And to refresh your memory, I wasn't allowed to sing the song, Mary, Did You Know? Yeah, now, uh, yeah, now they all say they know now. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sure you do. And it's really stuck with me as I, I shared that morning that I looked up the words because I've heard that song many times around Christmas time and it's a lovely tune and all that sort of stuff and I, I think, oh, that's a great song and when you watch the carols on telly, that's, oh, you love that one and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so I read the words to it and I realised that the song's about far more than just Christmas. So let me read them to you again, seeing you all forgot. So it goes like this, and I won't sing it. No, I am not going to sing it. When they said this morning that you were all singing well, they were lying because there was at least one that wasn't. Okay, here we go. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? 
Did you know that you have your baby boy has come to make you new? This, this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Will calm a storm with his hand, has walked where angels trod. And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. Have you ever sort of explored that thought? Imagine the home of Mary and Joseph. Okay, whose turn is it to say grace? Well, you can't do it because we're saying it to you. I mean, I don't know whether that happened. That's just my imagination. But when Mary kissed her baby, she she kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the dead will live again? The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you know, but I'm sure most of us do, that the title I am is is a title. And it's a title that the Jews know because if you remember with Moses, after arguing with God about going to speak to Pharaoh and speaking to the leaders of Israel, he said, who will I say you are? And he said, just tell them I am. And if you knew, know Hebrew, which I don't, I think that there's all sorts of stuff that make it such a, a huge uh, title that the, if someone mentioned that in the Hebrew or in the Jewish culture, they would know exactly who they were talking about. He didn't have to proclaim all about himself. He just had to say, I am. And here's Mary with the I am in her hands. But it's much more... So he's, Jesus is more than a baby when you read that song. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Lord of all creation, the great I am, the saviour of the world. As we go through all these things, uh, they're like giving sight to the blinds, calming a storm, uh, healing those who, who the lame, uh, giving speech to the dumb, Jesus made a lot of claims and did a lot of things. And I'm sure many scholars, whether Christian or non-Christians, as they look into Jesus, you've got to put him in one of three categories. He was either a lunatic running around the the countryside making all these wild claims about himself or he was a liar, which probably go together, or he was Lord. So he's got to be one of those three. I'm going for the last one. Anyone with me? Yeah. Good, most of us. That's Put your hand up, dear. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's hard sometimes. She, she was... <laughs> Nothing like embarrassing your wife in front of everybody. Were you listening? Were you? Okay. You can get the podcast after, so I guess you don't really have to listen. Am I on? I am. Good. Am I working? No. That way. Did I do that? 
Oh, good. <laughs> so the song, Mary, Did You Know, is a great reminder to us that God is around the whole year and not just at Christmas. He's more than a baby. In Psalm chapter 3, David is fleeing from his son Absalom who was challenging him for the, for the throne and he's got all the crowd or the people on his side pretty well and it says, Lord, how they increased who troubled me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. David looked to and put his trust in God, the great I am. Here he had the nation being turned against him. They were saying that his God's not going to help him and yet he went to his God fully and trusted his God would help him. He was not listening to the crowd, he was not listening to the enemy. And what does God say about David? In Acts 13.22, God gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. What a great thing to be said about you. I think he's about the only one in the Bible that God has spoken like that about. That's not bad, is it, for someone who mucked up pretty well? God is gracious. So then, how do we see God? What is your understanding and perception of God? This baby being held by his mother, Mary. I saw a YouTube around Christmas time clip and it was called Jesus versus Santa. I don't know whether you some of you may have seen it. And so I've written down the script. And it goes like this. They say there's a big man who lives far away, supposedly jolly, but that's hard to say. I've never seen him and neither have you, but the children believe and I suppose that'll do. He's known as a loner with many a quirk. No time for a chat, he's embroiled in his work. He keeps to himself for most of the year. I reckon we're grateful he doesn't appear. We send him requests for particular needs, but we never hear back. Who knows if he heeds? We try to be good, give his arm a twist, to merit our place on his blessed little list. To merit our place... Oh, oops. And maybe one day when we do what we should, he'll give us our, our things as long as we're good. I've had it here, I'm calling his bluff. He's a weird moralistic dispenser of stuff. Granted, this rant is a strange one to pick, but, I, but listen, I'm not really after St Nick. As strange as he is, and Santa is odd, I'm really addressing most folks' view of God. It's God who we see as some big guy, some ancient invisible St Nick in the sky. He sees you asleep and he knows when you're awake, watching and waiting to spot your mistake. And just like with Santa, with requests we hand in, we want all these things, but we don't want him. That's our connection with old Father Christmas. We might dress it up. It's essentially business. Throughout the year, good behaviour is onus. When Christmas rolls around, we're expecting our bonus. 
Just leave us our gift, Nick. We've been good enough. And as we push on, now we've got all your stuff. Now Santa is interesting, curious, quirky, but nobody wants him to share their turkey. I'm sure his ho-ho-hos are sublime, but I'll fear what he says when he's drunk down my wine. That's old Saint Nick, but the picture runs true. It's how we imagine God is like too. That's a bit sobering, isn't it? So what's our perception of God? Is it someone who's got a list that we've got to be good to you know, outweigh the bad? Or is it it's, uh, someone we just want to hear from once a year at Christmas or something like that? See, we can't live a reasonable Christian life if that's the perception of our God. We need to trust in the God of the Bible, not our perception of the God of the Bible. In Psalm 2, verse 12, it says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Psalm 2 is speaking to leaders and nations and who are ignoring God and don't think they need God and it's a, it just talks about how what's going to happen in the end. And uh, so as, there, as the verse says, says and, uh, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a, but a little, then blessed. I looked that word up to see what it sort of, how it goes in the, one of those Bible things. And it uh, means uh, happiness only in masculine plural construction as interjection. How happy? Who understood that? Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> so I thought, okay. <laughs> we sort of all know what blessed means, but yeah. So I uh, looked up interjection. And it's an unexpected exclamation, like a revelation. So the psalmist is going on about you know, you, these nations who aren't looking at God and turning away from God and what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden he thinks, blessed is those who trust in the Lord. Of course, how blessed they are. Like, you know, my goodness, wow. How blessed are those who trust in God. Psalm 3, verse 5 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. We need to put our faith and our trust in the Lord. Just like David did. I'm sure we would all know Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can be a brain surgeon through him who strengthens me. I'm not real sure about that because if I was a surgeon I'd be very worried if I were you. <laughs> Quite often we do use that in that context though that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But can I put it to you this morning? The reason Paul can do all things in Christ is because he fully trusts in God for everything. 
if we read the previous two verses, it says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance I have learnt the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul is saying, I can face all things, be in different circumstances, because I trust in God, and it is God who strengthens me in the good and the bad of life. So now whatever I'm going through, I know as I put my trust in him, he will strengthen me to go through whatever that situation is. So if we're trusting in God and we're walking with God and people are watching it, what will happen if they see us walking in his peace? Whether the world is falling down around us or whether we're doing well, what will they think? See, I think it's a fallacy that we think if you've got a good job, uh, pays well, family's going well, you've got a nice house and uh, everything sort of is going well, that you're better off than the person who's not going well where things are going horrible. I don't think that's right because the end result in eternity can be the same. Because we'll have the one whose life is a mess shaking their hand and fist to the sky saying there can't be a God if there was a loving God why would I be going through this if he, if he loved me I wouldn't be going through it. he doesn't care and they turn their back on God and want nothing to do with him but see the other thinks well I can look after myself I don't need God I've got a good job I've got a good house I've got a good family what do I need God for don't need even all. The eternal result is the same. So we need to be careful. Remember our God of Christmas? I've been good, just give me my bonus. No. It's not about where we are on the social scale or the, the dollars in our bank. It's our relationship with God. When we walk in the peace of God, we too can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we will be envied. Do you believe that? You can be the envy of Gladstone when you walk in the peace of God, when you fully trust in God, no matter what your circumstances are. Psalm 94, 12 to 14 says, and this is from the Amplified, blessed with wisdom and prosperity. And I think that's another word we mix up in our culture. Prosperity, again, isn't a big house, a boat, three motorbikes and a jet ski and a bank account that's full. It's having a relationship with God. That's where we get our prosperity from in all areas of our lives. With wisdom and prosperity, blessed is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and whom you teach from your law, that you may grant him power to calm himself and find peace in the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked and ungodly. For the Lord will not abandon his people, nor will he abandon his inheritance. Who are we? The inheritance of the Lord. Strangely enough, my Amplified Bible, 
I don't know why because no other Amplified Bible says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and in brackets, to be envied. It's a Zondervan Bible, so it's a recognised Bible. I got given, it was given to me in about 1986. So, it's, so all the other Amplifieds don't have that little bit. So I don't know how it snuck into mine, maybe for this message. But there we are, to be envied. But even if that bit's not in there, even so if we are blessed with wisdom and prosperity and have peace in our adversity, we will be envied. What happens to the world when everything's falling down? A lot of people fall down with it. They take on things like drugs and alcohol and all other manner of things to, to escape from their world. I read an article by a person called Jody Hasbrook who works with Athletics in Action Track and Field and serves as a chaplain over in America with national and world championships in the area of sport. And there was an article on Jeremiah 29.11 for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it ends with this. We hope and long for what we consider good things. But God has a hope and a future full of great things. Our finite minds cannot fathom the things God has in store for us in heaven. This true peace from knowing God will be the envy of those around us. Are our workmates, our neighbours, our people in our clubs or our sporting groups or whatever, are they envious of us? They can be. And that envy will lead them to know the Lord as their saviour. And that's our job, to be a light for the great I am. George VI, King of England, queen, uh, queen that we have now, that was her dad. And he was dying of cancer and he spoke a message to the world. And it goes like this. I said to the man at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may walk safely into the unknown. And he said to me, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God and it shall be, better to, it shall be to you better than the light and safer than the unknown. In other words, walk into the year trusting in God not what you can see. It is only when we put our trust in God that we will experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. I'm sure most of us realise that Mary's baby grew up. Like the song, some of what he did is recorded in the Bible, and the greatest things he ever did was to give his life for us. As many as we read in the Bible have given, put their trust, Paul did, David did, many others fully trusted in their God, the great I am. We can do exactly the same and be envied of those around us. We're going to play a YouTube clip and it's not going to be like a state conference where it doesn't work. 
for your great wisdom. We thank you for your plan of salvation for the whole world. We thank you for your son Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. How do we comprehend that? It's really uh, to think of how Mary and Joseph and family members would have been able to comprehend that, to understand that, to just see this little baby in their arms knowing it was God. But Father, we do thank you that this was your plan. But we thank you, Lord, that we know that he's not just a baby. We thank you, that, Lord, that he went through life and he went to the cross. That now we could have life. And he's told us to bring our cares and our, uh, all our issues and when we're heavy laden to, to come to him because his yoke is light. Father, as we go into this new year of 2017, wherever we're at at the moment, whether we're, in, we're going well, going bad, no matter, we thank you, Father, that as we put our trust and our hope in you, that we will walk in your peace and that others around us, family, work friends, social friends, whatever, wherever we go, Lord, they will envy our life and the peace that they see in our lives, Lord God. Not that we would be glorified, but that you would be and they would be drawn to you. Father, we give you all the praise and all the honour. And we commit this year ahead into your hands for each and every one of us here this morning. That you are with us. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. If you're able to stay around... Uh, We have morning tea, and so if you're a guest with us, please.